You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. And that is a recording of the 1982 version of New Morning for the World by composer Joseph Schwantner. It's being played by the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra, and it is one of several composed works to be featured tonight during the Boston Conservatory Orchestra's Black History Month celebration. Why are we bringing it to you today? Because making her debut with the orchestra, Anita Hill. You may know her as the first woman to testify about sexual misconduct by a Supreme Court nominee, Associate Justice Clarence Thomas, back in 1991. Now she is a law professor at Brandeis, but tonight she will step into a new spotlight and read the writings of Martin Luther King Jr. that Schwantner mixed into his composition. We wanted to talk to her about this new gig. Professor Anita Hill, welcome back to Radio Boston. Thank you for having me back on. So, uh, listen, you have had a remarkable life, done some remarkable things, written books, spoken, been, you know, at the sort of the, the pinnacle of public attention. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a silly one. On a scale of one to five, one being so cool, how cool is this for you? Uh, one, I think it's a one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in, in a whole lot of ways. I mean, it, it, this is just incredible music, and these are incredible times, and I think we need to use all of our resources to get the message of equality through. So had you had you played an instrument as a kid? I was trying to picture this, right? Did you play an instrument as a kid? Was music a key piece of your life ever? Well, music has always been a key piece of my life. But I have never really mastered an instrument. I actually took um, piano in college, and that didn't go well. And it was really very disappointing because my father played the piano, and his mother played the piano, and her sisters played the piano. So I had piano, and, and I do have one sister who, who today continues to play. But um, I just never, never caught on to... Uh, the piano, which was really at the place where I was, which is in rural Oklahoma, the one instrument that was available to those of us who were out there in the rural areas. So I want people to understand what you'll be doing tonight. So we're going to play a little bit more of the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra's version of uh, Schwantner's work. It's Again, it's called New Morning for the World because there is this Dr. King reading. This is Reverend Stephen Ivey reading. When people get tired. Tired of being segregated and humiliated. So I, we can keep that in the background a little bit. I, I can't imagine what it means to be entrusted with carrying Dr. Martin Luther King's Jr.'s words to others. How, what does that feel like to you? How have you prepared? What did it feel like when you got the call? Did it give you pause? Tell me about that. I definitely had to think about it. To answer your last question first, I definitely had to think about doing this and whether it was anywhere within my capacity to to do it well. I won't say master it, but to even do it well. Uh, but I was, um, I guess I was urged on myself, urging myself on, because the words are so important and they are Dr. King's words, but 
I think there are words that belong to the movement and they belong to our history. And so this is, you know, justice literature, if you will. And it's something that I think I, as a professor, has um, that I have an obligation to share. And so that encouraged me, although I will confess that it has um, at times kept giving me pause uh, you, because I, you know, there, there are, I, there's still a, a no doubt in my mind that I will not sound like the reverend who was speaking on this, um, uh, on this recording, or, nor will I sound like Dr. Martin Luther King. But you will sound like Anita Hill. You're Anita well, Hill. Well, and, and, and that's one of the, the things that I keep telling myself and that my friends keep telling, um, keep telling me. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm encouraged to do it, not because it's me, but because I am a contemporary beneficiary of the movement. And we are now in movement territory, again, uh, to fight for justice, to fight for rights that are being eroded. And so I think I will add a contemporary voice and hopefully inspire a contemporary understanding of the words. We're speaking with Anita Hill, uh, now a law professor at Brandeis University, uh, as you prepare tonight to read the words of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. at a performance of the Boston uh, Conservatory Orchestra. Um, you have made reference to the movement, uh, and you, you, you've said we're now in the, you know, the time of the movement again. And I'm going to ask a, sort of a deliberately... Um, it's not a dumb question, but it's a naive question on purpose, um, because you could be talking about a number of different movements. You could be talking about the original civil rights movement. You could be talking about um, the the push to raise awareness about and begin to talk about sexual harassment, with which you were so heavily associated when you made your testimony before Congress in the early 90s. You could be talking about hashtag Me Too, but you could also be talking about something new. Uh, what moment are we in, in your mind? To me, those are not separable. Those movements as a Black woman um, who has been sexually harassed, who grew up in the 60s and lived in a family where uh, 10 of my 13 siblings graduated from segregated schools. You know, they, I do not separate any of those things that you have uh, listed from what is going on today. I understand that we are here today because of all of those movements. And now what I'm focused on is the, the anti-DEI efforts that are going on around the world, the, the anti-trans efforts that are going on around this country in particular. Um, I'm, I've not relinquished my interest in any of the prior movements. I'm still working, for example, with this basic justice issues, uh, but I'm also still involved with the um, effort to 
in gender-based violence, including sexual harassment and assault and partner violence and other forms that we haven't even begun to put into the mix. So um, I, that's where I am. And I, I, I want people, when they listen to the music, not to necessarily follow what I am doing, but to think about what motivates them and what brings them to this conversation. So I'm going to bring into can our- I, Can I stop you, uh, you? Because you had asked me a question that I did not answer and you asked me how I prepared for it. Yeah, do it. And this has, this has uh, something also to do with the whole the voice and my voice versus somebody else's voice. I, I knew that I was not going to sound like Martin Luther King and I've heard Martin Luther King's voice many times. But what inspired me as I was preparing, kind of got down to past the language itself, when I was preparing, I started thinking about the women in the movement who had inspired me, like Ella Baker and Fannie Lou Hamer. So I went back and I watched videos of them, not so that I would sound like them, but I would just remember that we have been there all along and that we have been in this struggle and that we are an appropriate presence to continue and to lead. So I'm glad that you said that. And, and I want to bring back in, you've talked about the music and the music tonight. There will be music by other composers. Um, and I want to put some in the background while we continue to talk. So this is Prayer Meeting by African-American composer Margaret Bonds. It comes from her 1964 work, titled Montgomery Variations. This particular version is by the Minnesota Orchestra, uh, recorded in 2021. I, I want to pick up on these women that inspired you, other women who have pioneered, um, and the place that you're in now. You know, you said, listen, all of those movements are of a piece. Uh, you're still working on them, and now you're also taking on pushbacks to DEI. You're taking on the anti-trans legislation happening around the country. And I wonder if there is a thread through all of it that you either feel particularly empowered to be the one to work on or particularly tired to continue to encounter as Anita Hill. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm going to go on, go with the one that I'm particularly in, inspired Um but that what inspires me about maintaining or keeping an eye on all of those is that, to me, they're so interrelated. I mean, you can't, for example, talk about justice for Black people or Latinx people or, and, and, and not understand, for example, that what means what justice means might vary, for example, for the women or the people who identify as women within those categories. And we have to, as they say now, look at things intersectionally to be able to understand what we all need as a society. That, that, so that I try to draw from the history, uh, but I'm also hopeful that we can build on that history and look at different ways and different uh, uh, oppressions that people face uh, and not just try to have one blanket definition of justice for everyone. 
I'll put one more piece of music from tonight in the background. This is Seven O'Clock Shout by African-American composer Valerie Coleman. Wrote the piece in 2021 to honor front-like workers during COVID-19. This version was performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra in 2021. We'll let that run in the background as we talk with you, Anita Hill. Um, And I'll note, we spoke with you when you wrote your book on gender violence. We'll put a link to that conversation on our website again at radioboston.org. Um, you know, your students now don't always necessarily know who you are when they first encounter you. You've said that you don't teach you. I wonder, are you at the point where you're fully comfortable being Anita Hill? I am. I am. Um, it's, it's taken some work. I mean, for the, I would say for the past 10 or so years, I've become more and more comfortable with that for, for whatever it means to people. And um, so I, I, I'm happy to have reached that threshold in my life. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's because I've you know stayed with this and given so much of my time and thinking to it. But that's where I am. And I, can I say something about this music, the program tonight? Please do. Um, that is you listed the um, different performances that are going to happen tonight. It it shows me that this is an absolutely brilliant way to be looking at uh, the equality, the justice movement, to move from phase to phase, from generation to generation. And I've always thought of the, the search for equality as generational, that one generation has a responsibility to do some things, but they pass along, hopefully, the movement in a better position than what was handed to them. And then that generation takes on and builds on what has been done in the past. Um, We are at a time of setbacks now. And my work now is to think about not only the generations of the past and the history, but also the generations going forward and what we can give for them, my generation can give to them that puts them on the right course for saving the world. Anita Hill a professor of gender, race, social policy, and legal history at Brandeis University now. She will be performing words from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. with the Boston Conservatory Orchestra tonight at Symphony Hall. Dr. Hill, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me.